Hello, I'm author and psychologist Dr. Deborah Campbell, and welcome to the Couch Podcast. Each episode, we talk about personal growth, building self knowledge, and inner strength. And I answer questions about dealing with all of life's challenges. Any and everything you want to throw my way, I'll have a go at helping you out with it. So if you have a question you'd like to ask, you can email it to me via the link in the show notes. Self-care. One of the most important things in life is having some commitment and some consistency to looking after yourself emotionally and physically, because without respecting our own well-being, each day we don't function optimally and we're not as good at looking after other people. And self-care for a few years has become increasingly, I think, the flavour of the month. It's all out there in every magazine and all over social media and online. All these things we need, in inverted commas, to do to care for ourselves. But self-care can also become a real drag. Instead of a pleasure, it can become a high-pressure even resentment-inducing to-do list in my experience. And I know in the past for me, it's become quite fear-based because it's been this set of unenjoyable shoulds for my health based in the fear that if I didn't do them, my health would fall away. And it became really strong for me after I lost my former partner to cancer because uh, I I felt I had to adhere fiercely to such a strong self-care regimen, otherwise suffer consequences. And before I go on with this, I want to mention that Marie Forleo, another online self-development leader, absolutely floored me today when I saw her vlog, because she was also talking about the pressure that we can put on ourselves around self-care and other things. So, a disclaimer on that one. What she has to say is great, but uh, I was working on this podcast before I saw hers. So just to recap on Marie's, she suggested a mantra, which I thought was really great, which was simplify to amplify, meaning take on one major personal project at once. Don't feel you have to have long routines in self-care or anything else. Uh, in business or or in your personal life, unless they make things simpler for you. And I thought her advice was great. But I want to go deeper on this because it's something I've struggled with a bit and I know there can be many layers to that struggle with what do I enjoy, what what are my goals, what's self-care and what's just hard work. As I said, some self-care is always a great idea. But as with anything in life, if we go and irradiate it with a a high dose of perfectionism, uh, we add fear to the mix, even self-care can ironically mutate into something quite overwhelming and no longer be caring. You know, mine at some points might have looked something like pick up the organic veggies, make overnight oats, Get on the yoga mat at least once a day, if not a couple of times. Journal, meditate, lift heavy weights for my bones, connect with my partner erotically. uh, And I should get out for that run to get better at my 
distances with jogging, fit in a massage, do Pilates more regularly, uh, down a superfood smoothie with all those supplements that have to go with it for various reasons. And then there's the skincare. What about skincare? Has to be uh, uh, free of artificial ingredients and cruelty free. And then don't even get me started on hair care. Drink more filtered water. That's a big one. You know, I would drive myself crazy with this stuff. The genuine meaning of self-care really only emerged for me a few years ago. You see, for a long time, I absolutely internally shoved myself around almost constantly over what I should do to look after myself optimally as well as care for everybody else. And it wasn't so much about what I was doing that that was a problem because all those things were great, but it was how I approached the whole thing that put me under so much pressure and drained out the joy. And I'm sure meant that it, it wasn't caring for me at all as well as it should have been. So what was at the base of this pressure around something that was supposed to help me feel better? I eventually discovered it was that old culprit, yes, a lack of self-compassion, a basic lack of kindness to myself, not just in self-care, ironically, but how I approached my whole life. But it, it went even deeper than that, really. If you keep drilling, you find out more and more information about yourself in the sort of substrata of your life, of your love lands, of your internal landscape. I really found that I had an attitude that if I wasn't always pushing myself rigidly in everything I did, it was like I believed nothing would ever happen. And I still catch myself battling with that old demon from time to time. And I have to say, you know, ease up. Just ease up because pressure and pushing all the time for better, longer, all of these things isn't actually helping me to be more creative. It doesn't actually make me happier. And I'm not sure it actually improves the quality of my work or my life. I think it just makes me stressed. My harshness when it tries to take over is is actually, it's coming from a place of wanting to help, but it's based in fear. And going deeper again, what is that fear? It's a fear that I'm not good enough. I'm never doing enough. I'm not trying hard enough and therefore destined to fail in some way or miss out on fulfilling my potential and end up feeling unsatisfied or or unwell or both. So this this dissatisfaction I feel, this this pushing is always trying to make sure that those things don't happen and that I do feel more fulfilled. But the level I turn it up to automatically is is really just a bit too loud. It was programmed in so long ago and I, that I don't even remember. But I have to see it these days, be mindful of it, and sometimes just turn it down. Now, don't get me wrong. Hard work, discipline, focus, a bit of push sometimes are necessary. Uh, 
They're necessary if you want to achieve anything. But there is actually an art I've discovered to how I apply discipline to myself that also allows some space and a lot of ease for finding a compassionate flow in my work and my life. Better results flow from an attitude of liking yourself and liking what you're doing most of the time than from pushing and shoving yourself into things that you should do. And when it comes to taking care of ourselves, we function best as a benevolent ruler of our own well-being, the benevolent sovereign of our inner landscape, our love lands, rather than the whipped slave of a thousand should-do's, should, should, should. So I've got some thoughts on how to constantly develop a deeper, more authentic philosophy of self-care and of living that hopefully doesn't feel as heavy or as harsh as the struggle that I've sometimes made it. First of all, like I said, prioritise self-compassion. The fundamental shift I found I needed to make was to release the pressure on myself and ease up on nagging self-criticism and demanding shoulds. Just stop adding to an overwhelming to-do list when it comes to looking after yourself. And remember, compassion doesn't mean dropping your discipline in achieving your goals and it doesn't mean flaking out on the parts of life that take a bit of showing up and consistency either. Because some things you have to do to maintain a good quality of life, nutrition, exercise, those kinds of things. But it means keeping a mindful, self-supporting mental attitude when you're doing those things. And be discerning. Ask yourself, you know, who said I should do this for my health and well-being? You know, why do they say it? Where did I get this idea from? Because it's not possible to do every single thing or take every supplement for every little thing, you know, that, that you read is good for you. There's not enough hours in the day, nor is it healthy to overschedule yourself. So where there's a should, there's sometimes a resistant lack of desire. Otherwise, your should would probably be and I am already. So see shoulds as red flags. Maybe they're some of the things you could let go of. You know, do an audit. Do an audit of the things on your self-care list if it's getting a bit large. Are there a bunch of items in that to-do list that really are nothing but pressure because at the end of the day they don't have that much impact on how you feel? Because sometimes maybe less is more when it comes to caring. Doing less is more caring for you. Of course, we all have to do some stuff that we don't thoroughly enjoy in life, mundane things, just to make life function. But when it comes to self-care, you can keep joy a priority. As I alluded to, sometimes we've got to be patient you know that joy comes later in some things like yoga or meditation or an art or maybe it's a, a sport. Any of these things that you choose that are self-care for you personally, just 
always be patient that some of them, the joy is going to come as you get better at them, as you practice and as you feel yourself deepening in the practice. So the joy is not always overnight. And I guess it's about evaluating, you know, am I willing to be with this one, follow this practice through until I'm really feeling the joy and the results in this or am I not very aligned with it? Does it just feel like it's not my thing? Um, Because if the joy comes later from depth, then it's worth hanging in there. Now, a really big one that is so key for me, absolutely vital, is what I call the simple pleasures infusion. Keep infusing really, really simple micro pleasures into your life to kind of counteract the high pressure mindset when it comes to things you have to achieve. By micro pleasures, I mean things that are no pressure, small time commitment, no building of skill required, and uh, they, they don't necessarily even take you out of your, your home or your space. So they could be stuff like having a bath, having delicious teas, small treats, stretching out your back muscles over a foam roller, or having a few laughs. I mean, these are amazing self-care. They don't cost anything, and if we can infuse them every day or as often as possible, they can be some of the most meaningful places of self-care. Another one that doesn't take much effort and it doesn't cost much is to just remember to stop. Stop regularly in daily life, even if it's only for a couple of minutes, for just a little being time. It won't end the world, no matter how busy you are or if you're like me, you thrive on deadlines. Stopping for a minute or two can make it better, not necessarily steal your time and make it worse. You've got to be realistic. Because in taking time to be still in contemplation or meditation or just, just a few minutes of reflection and quiet time, we give ourselves the greatest gift we actually have. It's our own full and loving presence, our complete attention. Full attention is becoming a rare commodity in an increasingly distracted world. So its currency is on the rise. Just a few moments listening to your thoughts, your feelings, instead of bombarding yourself with outside information, allows you to gently sort your helpful thoughts from the dross or old programs that are operating on automatic in the background of your internal world and possibly not helping. The self-awareness that grows in stillness is the gateway to the possibility of new and more self-supporting choices. In that way, just stopping can be the deepest level of self-care because that's where answers are revealed, our own wisdom comes out, and where we feel loved by ourselves because we're giving ourselves that core, basic attention. So loosen up the pressure of your day whenever you can, especially if you're a 
a, a harsh voice sometimes like, like I can be for myself. Loosen up the pressure of your day through simple, brief moments of stopping and just being still because they can lead to great pervasive mindfulness that comes through in everything you do and everything you are through that practice. And balance your reflective time with action. But make it action wherever possible that lights you up. Because love is the driving force of life. Love is the experience we all care for the most and desire most greatly. So seek it everywhere. Seek it in relationships, in developing your personal passions and in caring for yourself. A wonderful acting teacher I knew years ago, Carol Fox Prescott, she used to say, seek the joy in your own experience every day and in every moment. Actively give your love to those things you care about. Give it, breathe it out and let the return flow of love and care look after itself. And if you'd like to read more from me, please pick up a copy of my book, Lovelands. It's available in all good bookstores, on Amazon and Booktopia. I'll see you next time on the couch.